Okay. But, but Jonathan even challenged me on it. He said, don't say that we're used to be formerly of Lake Sam or used to go to Lake Sam. We still go. We still stream. We still do all kinds of things, everything else. He said, we are Lake Sam. We're just Lake Sam in China. Right? Ooh, oops, Asia. <laughs> okay. We're just Lake Sam in Asia. We are Lake Sam. And they are. Right? This is who they are. So this is what we... This is what we lift up today is our people who are doing God's work as he led them to do from us. This is our family doing this. And they've got a great presentation for you. So let me not take any more time. Uh, Jonathan, you're up. God bless you guys. Can't wait. Okay. Thank you, Kurt. Love you, brother. <laughs> Love, you, Love you. Okay, guys, come on up. I really wanted to play a joke on Kurt this morning. Disappear from church again like I did last Sunday. <laughs> but it got blown, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, first of all, thank you so much for welcoming, welcoming us home. It's been so good to come here and be a part of this really in person and physically here. You know, usually we're up there, this talking head, and when we're on that side, we really can't see you guys because we're just talking into a, a screen, and there's no video for us to see you guys, so now I can actually see you guys and it just feels such a different, a difference. But thank you, Lord, for technology, because that keeps us connected right now. All right, um, my name is Jonathan. If I know um, we know a lot of you, but there's also a lot of you that we don't know. And so I just want to introduce my family to you. Hi, my name is Michelle. Hi, my name is Micah. And Justice. And Levi. Isaiah. Isaiah. Yeah, say, say hello, everybody. Hello. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah, like Kurt was saying, you know, this is really home to us. Our uh, church home, our family church, or however you like to put it. And, you know, we've been coming to Lake Sammamish since 19, maybe around 1997. So it's been 20 plus years, no, maybe 18 years, you know, if you count those Skype times as well. And we're so feeling so connected, feeling so good to be home. Do you guys want to sit down? Or you guys want to stay up here? Okay. All right. So, you know, we've been serving in that country over there um, <laughs> for the last six years. But actually, I'm going to do a Kurt thing. Can, is that, how do we turn, I don't know if we turn that down or not, but it's really bright. But it's okay. Maybe I'm just not used to the bright lights. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been serving over there for the last six years. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, maybe, yes. We've been serving for, over there for the last six years. But before that, you know, we were just sitting over there where you guys were. And, and something happened, something changed six years ago. But it wasn't just a sudden change. It's been something that's been happening in our lives over the past 18 years of, as we've been coming to Lake Sammamish. Um, let's see, you know, throughout that time, we've been listening to Kurt uh, share about the importance of threefolds, of small groups, of uh, devotionals, and, and serving. And each one of those things has really, really become an important part of our lives. And um, let me give you an example. Uh, for threefolds, you know, I, was, I had the privilege of um, being one, in one of the first rounds of the threefold groups when they formed way back when. 
and John Iwasaki, uh, Gary Vincent, myself, and I think Steve Holting, we were we gathered together in the Crossroads um, Mall over there every Tuesday morning drinking coffee, and we would share life together. We would um, pray for each other and really lift each other up. And till this day, 17 years later, I'm still meeting with Johnny Wasaki, and we do it online. And it's been a wonderful thing. It's been he, we have faithfully met for 17 years, and it's been an important part for my walk with the Lord and my connection back here into Lake Sammamish. So I really appreciate John um, and his walk with me as well. And so really, threefold groups. If you're not in one, get one or be in one, you know. Another important, another important example I wanted to share was these home groups. Um, you know, when we first came uh, to Washington back in 1997, 1997, we were just young babes. And Michelle's still a babe, but <laughs> we, were, we were just young babes, young Christian babes, and um, no kids yet. And so we, we, we eventually had justice and then uh, joined the Lee's home group. And that was, that was an amazing experience because we were able to grow up together. We had the four kids. We had shared life together. We, we grew, not old, but we grew up together. And we shared so much life and so much community together. And that was an amazing experience. Deep relationships were built, and they still are today. And I think the amazing thing about home groups, whether it's a family home group or just any Bible study home group, is that there's community and there's life in those groups. And what has impacted our ministry is taking that community, taking that life, and taking it with us to China and, and bringing it, so, yeah, that place, <laughs> and taking it there and really living out that community life there. And, and, you, and the kids and the people that we serve can really feel the love that was poured into us in those groups. So if you guys also, again, are not in a home group of any sort, it's really a way, that's really the heartbeat of a church, I believe. And so get involved in those um, and so, of course, you know, with this whole empowered uh, series that Kurt's going through and the whole church is going through, it's an amazing thing about how to be moved, to be moving, to be empowered, and to be working in the Holy Spirit. And we really are, are uh, just excited and happy and just really to hear all the, all the sermons that Kurt's are sharing and really taking it to heart. And I think um, without that empowerment, without the Holy Spirit, it's really, we're quite useless, you know. We really can't do much. And so uh, I'm hoping that um, through Michelle's sharing today that you'll be able to see just how easy it is and just how natural it is to move with the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. Okay, and like Jonathan was saying, it has been so amazing to be back here. I don't think you can even begin to understand how excited we are and just to see all of you. But you know, I think I am going through reverse cultural shock right now. 
Like, we haven't been back here for four years, and a lot of things have changed. Like, so I'll go to the grocery store, and I need to buy something, and I'm at the cashier, and there's that little box that they want me to put my credit card in. I'm like, am I supposed to slide? Am I supposed to stick it in? And I'm like, I, I feel so like nervous because I want to look cool and I want to act as if I'm a Seattleite. I know I'm not this foreign Chinese girl, you know. No, really, I, I belong here. And I slide when I should stick and I stick when I should slide and I, I just always seem to get it wrong. Okay, thank you. So I do fit in. And, you know, then I was driving on the 405, and now you have to pay. I'm like, whoa, what are these lanes? I don't even know how to use the HOV lane anymore. And I'm not even going to try to go onto the 520 floating bridge, because that's just too scary to me. But, you know, I think one of the most interesting changes I've seen is that people now like to chase around virtual monsters called Pokemon all around your city. Hmm. Okay, so the game Pokemon Go is banned in my country. <laughs> and so I honestly don't know much about it. We had to look on YouTube to find out what it's about, but I think I got the gist of it. So for... Um, those who don't know, the gist of it is that a person uses their cell phone and their phone's GPS, and they're trying to discover hidden Pokemons. Okay, be honest. How many of you do this? Wow, not as many as I thought there would be in this group. Okay, so when you look at your phone screen, you can see what everyone else sees, but all of a sudden, this monster will pop up, and then you have to catch them. And not only do you have to catch them, there's like 140 plus different types of Pokemon that you have to catch. So, you know, just for those who are not familiar with this, okay, here's a video tutorial so that we all can understand what these people are doing. cool, isn't it? And so I was looking up some headlines, and it says, man falls off of cliff during Pokemon Go chase. Or man quits job to hunt Pokemon full time. This one I love. Man stabbed continues playing Pokemon. So I was like, what is that about? The story said there was a Pokemon Go enthusiast who was playing the game when he was stabbed early Monday morning. But he continued to play, bought a beer, and then went to the hospital. I'm like, wow. Wow, that's dedication or addiction. 
I'm going to let you choose that one. But what I love about this game is the name. It's called Pokemon Go. And I think I love it because it reminds me so much about what we as the followers of Jesus Christ is supposed to be all about. We are supposed to be about the go. We are supposed to be those crazed enthusiasts who are falling off of cliffs, jumping off of cliffs, because we know the calling that God has for us and that we know what God has for us in our day. And so the Great Commission is all about the go, right? Jesus told his disciples, go. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was all about the go. And so also earlier, when Jesus was talking to Peter, he said, come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. And so I think maybe to the modern Pokemon Go listener, that might look like, come, Put down your phone. Follow me. And I think that when we look to him for our direction in the big and in the little things of our day, we can live the greatest adventure that far surpasses any video game. But really, that's the thing. We need to be looking to him. We need to use our spiritual eyes to see what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. And it's just like, you know, we saw the Pokemon players. They would use their phone to see this. And there's even a new term for me, augmented reality. See, that's a new vocabulary word. I never knew that. But they can see this augmented reality. No one else can see what they're seeing unless they are using their phone. And that's what it's like with the Holy Spirit. That, the, um, that we need to be using our spiritual eyes, ears, and heart to really know what God is doing all around us. And you know what? He's doing something all around us all the time. And it is God-led. It is spirit-breathed. And as we walk around, he's going to highlight to us different people that he wants us actually to engage and encounter with. Now, so for Pokemon, in order to capture these monsters, you need to shoot Pokeballs at them. And so really... I saw all it means is just to kind of flick your finger across the screen. And, but the thing is, is that you can't use the same technique to capture every monster. You have to use different techniques. And I think it's the same with people. Because we can't interact with every person in the same way. That one formula won't fit all to reach the people. And so, you know, we can read a book on evangelism, but I don't think we can expect it to touch every single person. That I believe the gospel is the only thing that saves, but it's getting to that place to be able to share the gospel, to be able to share about the love of Jesus, and that can take many forms. And so that's why, for me, I would rather depend on God and the Holy Spirit and ask, what are you saying to me? 
What are you saying about different situations, different people that you're putting in my path? Because he knows the person's story. He knows their backstory. He knows the key that is going to unlock their heart. He knows what they are going through right at this moment. And, you know, he wants to give us those keys because that's who he is. When he says, I want you to ask me about that person because that's his heart. It's his heart to go after them. And so he wants us to be a part of that. He wants us to get involved. And so our family, we recently moved from the third largest city to a little tiny village on the outskirts of town. And after taking about a couple of weeks to settle in, we decided, okay, it's time to look around and see why did God bring us to this teeny tiny little place. And every morning as a family, we gather together to sing worship songs. And then we'll read our Bible together and we'll pray together as a family. That's how we start our day. And I remember there was this one morning where there was just this deep cry in my heart. And I was saying, God, today I want to go to the university campus. Because right next to us are two universities. And that is the heart that God has given to us, to reach out to the university students. And so I said, Lord, today I want to go there. And you know what? Not only that. I want to eat in the school cafeteria today. <laughs> and yeah, all the students think we're crazy. They're like, oh, the food is so bad. You know, it's not that bad. And um, I, I didn't even realize at the time that God was placing that on my heart that we're not allowed to just walk on the campus. You need to have a student ID in order to get onto the campus. And in order to buy food at the cafeteria, you need another special card in order to pay for it. And so after we finished our homeschool for the day, all six of us go down to the milk tea shop and we decide to drink bubble milk tea. Yeah. Drinking bubble milk tea can be a ministry tool. And it's because it gives us a very natural way to interact with people. Just like the Pokemon game, the Pokemon players, they cannot just sit at home and expect to capture any Pokemon, right? It's just like us. I cannot only just sit in my home and expect to meet people. We need to put ourselves out there. And so we try to use every opportunity that God gives to us. And um, in, in, in our location, we don't have a car. So let me tell you, we have lots of opportunities to meet people. And at first, when I first got there, it's so crowded and I, wouldn't like to use, I didn't like to use the subway system or the buses because there's just so many people on it. And so in order just to get on, I'd have to pray, Lord, give me the strength I need to get on to this subway today or I'll never get anywhere. And you know, if the day was really bad and it was especially crazy, 
I would bring out the bigger guns and I would start to sing worship songs. I'd be like, in the middle, I'd be, Holy Spirit, you are welcomed here. And I'm like just singing in the subway, trying to psych myself out to get into this thing. And if it was a truly horrible, really bad day that was happening, I would start to pray in tongues. I'm like, this is it. There's nothing that's going to get me on this train. And so I'm like praying in tongues. Luckily, you know, people think I'm speaking a foreign language, so they don't know what I'm doing. But I'm like, I just am trying to get onto this subway. But praise God, he healed me. And he's led me to see that these are opportunities. They are not things to hurt me and to crush me and to push me, but it's opportunities for me to interact with people. And so now, when I am face to face like this, and I kid you not, I am face to face like this in a bus, I'm like, hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Wow. Are you a student? Really? And I use it now as an opportunity to reach out to people. And um, because I know we have an hour bus ride, and I have you as my captive audience. You cannot run away from me. And so back to the bubble milk tea shop. So. We enter the shop, and maybe for Seattleites, you might think more so through the eyes of a coffee shop. And yeah, we can just go there, buy a drink, and that could be the end of it. Or again, we can allow Holy Spirit to show us what it is that he wants us to do there. And so while we're at the tea shop that day, we notice that there's this student who keeps on looking at us. I think it's because he's just so taken that there are these four Chinese-looking boys who are just totally goofing off in English. And so we invite him over, and we start to chit-chat with this guy. And um, I find out that this boy actually has an English name. It's David, but he doesn't even speak English. And so we keep on talking, and he says, huh, there's an English singing competition at my college. Would you like to go? Oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. You know, do I have to check my schedule? No, no, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. And then he says, huh. Do you want to eat in my cafeteria? I tell you, at that point, you just have to play it cool, even though everything inside of me is just screaming, and I'm like, yes, yes, yes! This is a God moment! <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you, it is so amazing when the God, the creator of the universe, puts a desire on your heart. You give it breath through prayer, and then you realize that all you have to do is watch him work and make it happen. And so um, the mission, that mission continued. We just started to walk around the village to see more of what God is doing. And we just stopped by this vegetable stand, and the owner um, invites us in, and we start talking. And it turns out he 
is a security guard at that same university. And he says, oh, here, here's my name. And anytime you need to get in, just tell them you're my friend. And I'm like, ah, yeah. And then he shows us this community care logo. He's like saying, this is a community care group I'm part of in campus. And I can't understand what he's trying to tell me because of a language barrier. But I'm like, OK, OK. And then we step out, and I turn to Jonathan, and I say, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm living in a video game, but this is even better. I have to go around, I have to collect the clues, and I have to do you know, one thing, and I'm going to meet someone, and it's going to unlock the next door, and then I get to go and advance to the next level. I mean, this was such exciting times for me. And so... <laughs> But you know what? The intrigue continues. So we get to the campus university, and um, we go to we go to the cafeteria, and there is a booth set up with the same community care logo right there. And at that point, I just start laughing. I'm like, "Oh God, you are so funny! You are so perfect and amazing!" And several weeks later one of our Chinese friends were able to share the gospel with David. And several weeks after that, more of our friends came and um, gave him a Bible and taught him how to read it. But that's kind of where the story ends. And partly because I'm here with you today, and so I can't be in there ministering to him. But I think it is also because that is so much of a reality in our lives, right? That even Jonathan, when I told him I was going to share this story, he said, oh, why don't you share the story about the girl who got saved and became a Christian? I said, yeah. That is a Pokemon Go moment as well, right? We just randomly meet a girl. We invite her to a party. We tell her about Jesus. She becomes saved. She's a Christian. But I don't really think that was the point. That um, I knew I needed to share with you David's story. And we needed to share with... Um, to share it with you because that story is not over. Because this is life in the making. This is life in the now when you don't know the rest of the story, but you just keep on walking and you just keep on being obedient to what God is asking you to do. Because often we can sense that God is doing something. We do it. And then the moment ends the relationship stops. And we might not ever know the rest of the story, this side of heaven. But I also want to say to you that I think maybe knowing the end of the story really isn't the point anyway. That I think the greater thing that God is always asking me is, how passionately are you following me? Are you in love with me? Are you willing to dream my dreams? Are you willing to hold your life, your time, your agenda, your resources, 
everything open to me so that I can create the best story ever for you and through you and in you to reach the other people around you. And because he wants us to love the people. And I tell you, sometimes it's hard because sometimes they are unlovely. They are broken. They are hurting. And it hurts us when we interact in that. But I know also that the Bible says we are all those people. <laughs> we are all of that. We are the broken. We are the ones who need God. And I have to tell you that we don't get to choose who we love because if we allow God to do that, he's going to choose it for us. He's going to show us the people to love. And I have to tell you, as I get to know David, I get a little scared. You know, one day I realized this man has an amazing, amazing business mind. And so I pointed it out to him. And then he proudly shows me his website where he sells all these things. I can't read Chinese, but I know it wasn't a good thing. And I'm like, oh, really, God? Really? This is the kind of young man you want me to love and interact with? Yes. 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 And I'm thinking, and I am hoping, and I'm praying that we're going to continue this relationship and that we're, you know, through the relationship that Jonathan and I and my family are going to be able to minister to this boy and to be, really show him how to properly use the God-given gifts that he has. He has a true talent for business, but also to point him to the giver of those gifts. And... David is also recovering from a major illness that has left him with these crazy medical bills and physical problems that he's still dealing with today. The condition has affected his memory, so he loses his memory at different times. But he tells us he doesn't understand why, but there's some reason that he can remember who we are. He says, I know because there's warmth from you. And it was just so amazing because I woke up this morning and, you know, I haven't seen him for about a month because we've been traveling. And he writes to me and he says, hey, I'm thinking about you guys. I'm like, wow, I'm thinking about you too. <laughs> but I think the bigger point is, is that God is thinking about him. And God is letting him know that he is thought about. And as far as my eye can see, there's nothing special about this David, right? He could just be one of the thousands of college students that's going to come in and out of our life. But he's not because God chose David for us. God chose him as the student we would meet. And that he is the exact one. And just like his namesake in the Bible, you can look at both of them and say, hmm, they're not much. But I love it because God says that the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And as I stand before you today, 
I don't know the rest of the story. I really, really hope that in a few months or a few years, I'm going to stand here before you and give you this amazing testimony of how God's transforming power moved this young man. Or maybe not. Maybe David might graduate and leave, and I may never see him again. But I know that whatever part I had in his story was good because I know meeting him was truly that God moment. And God will continue writing, um, writing David's story because that's God's job. My job was just to be obedient in the things that he was placing before us, to be obedient to the promptings and movings of the Holy Spirit, no matter how big or how small I think they are. And, you know, at the end of my days, when I'm standing face to face with my maker, I'm not going to measure my success based on how many people did I bring to him or um, how many Bible studies or English corners did I run, but by how passionately did I serve him? Did I run the race that he set before me? Did I keep my eyes on the one who gave me life? And I think I got to enjoy this wildly crazy fun adventure because of a prayer in my heart, being open with my time, and drinking bubble milk tea. Doesn't this put a whole new spin on drinking bubble milk tea? And, you know, I don't think things have to be complicated. The go part of it doesn't have to be complicated because God has gifted each of us with different gifts that he wants us to use. And so they don't need to be super spiritual gifts either because I don't think we're a, a very super spiritual family. We're just very normal, very, very normal. And But what I do is I invite people into the rhythms of our life where God is the center of it all. You know, that I think the best ministry times, honestly, is when we just share a meal and that leads to deeper conversations afterward. It's just being an open family to the lost and broken young people that we encounter. It's to celebrate with these young people birthdays with our precious boxes of imported Betty Crocker cake mix. Oh, and I see they're 99 cents here. <laughs> but don't tell them that because I look like the superstar baker to them. As I bring out my Betty cupcakes, I'm like, hmm, yes. <laughs> but yes, and you know, I want to end here where Jesus said go. I'm sorry, there won't be a clip. Jesus said, go. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to be part of his bigger plan? Are you willing to be obedient even though you're not going to know the rest of the story? You know, to allow him to create in you a masterpiece. And when we hear the word go, now let me tell you, I love missions, okay? 
I eat, breathe, drink, dream, pray, everything missions. But I don't think the go always has to mean go to another nation. It doesn't mean you have to have the same story as us, you know, quitting your job, selling your things, moving to the far ends of the earth. No, that was our story. You know, we walk our story. What is your story? And I find that it is so fascinating that we are kind of in the crossroads area because I believe that over the years, this has truly become a crossroads of the nations. Take a look around you. If God has put any other country beside America on your heart, I bet you can find it here right in our own neighborhood. And they might be your neighbors. They might be your coworkers. They might be the person standing in line next to you. And the thing is, is that we still need to go. We need to go. And so God is inviting you today. But the question is, are you willing to answer his call? Thank you very much.